Good evening. Uh, it's uh, good to see you all. It's uh, great to be together to worship and welcome to you if you're joining us online. Uh, we're thinking about how God is a God of mercy and how a God of mercy calls us to be a merciful people. Uh, but we're going to start off by singing two songs. Uh, the first celebrates God's care for us, and the second speaks to us and tells us the direction we should be looking, looking to. So when the music starts, let's stand and sing.
pray. Oh, we've just been singing, Jesus, about how we're turning our eyes to you. And we thank you that we come to a God who speaks. And we thank you that we've got a reliable record of what you actually said. So as we come to hear your voice now, we pray that you'll unblock our ears. Most of all, Lord, we pray you'll unblock our hearts so we hear what you're saying to us now. Amen. So, we're reading two passages. Um, The first from Matthew chapter 5, and we're starting at the beginning. So this is perhaps the most famous sermon that Jesus preached. And perhaps some of the most well-known words in the Bible. Matthew chapter 5 reads like this. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And then our second reading is a few chapters on. In Matthew chapter 18... And we're starting reading at verse 21, where Peter comes to Jesus with a question. A question about how much forgiveness he should offer to others. Jesus' answer probably surprised him. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him, and forgave him that debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants, who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused 
and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me, and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Something to think about. I'm going to sing again. Um, our next song is a description of every Christian. Every Christian can say, and has to say, that we're a debtor to God's goodness and mercy to us. So let's sing when the music starts.
Let's pray again. Oh, our Father, we thank you that we can be confident. We can be confident in you because you don't change, because your love for each one of your children is written in your hands and nothing will ever wipe it out. No one is more powerful than you. You don't change your mind. You have a plan and that plan works out perfectly. And Father, I pray that as we sit here now, as we come to you, that you will give us that confidence in you that you've got it, that everything is in your control. And do you work out everything for the very best for those who love you. And Father, as we recognise that to be true, we ask that that will be true in our lives. And we pray that you'll help us to come to you as children to come to you with a spirit of honesty and openness. And Lord, you you know that so often there are barriers between us and you, and they've not been put there by you, but because of the wrong things that we've done, because of the wrong attitudes we've had. And we have this sense that we haven't pleased you, and we're quite right to have that sense. We're quite right to feel guilty. And we're glad that Your word tells us that you see everything. Your word tells us that you know everything, that we're not going to surprise you. But your word tells us as well that if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And that the blood of your son cleanses us from all our unrighteousness. So we can come to you and we can talk to a holy God. Oh Lord, help us, we pray. Help us to want to be close to you more than anything in this world. Oh Father, we we ask that we will want people to know how great and glorious you are. And we pray that that will be seen in our lives. Lord, you, you know how hard we find it is to forgive. And we pray that as Mark brings your word to us, that you will speak to us and move us and help us to forgive. Lord, especially if that's been something that's been with us for some time and getting away at us. Oh Lord, we know you called us to forgive and we're so glad that you're a forgiving God. So we ask, Lord, that you'll help us to be like you. And we need your help to do that, so do give us to that. And as we think of your greatness and goodness, and we've just been singing how that one day every knee will bow before you, we pray that we will see more and more people knowing you as King and Lord and Saviour, And it will be greatly to your glory and honour as your word changes people's lives and transforms their misery into joy and peace in believing. 
Oh Lord, we thank you for where that's happening in the world. We thank you that your word is really powerful in places like Iran, where people are being saved from darkness and brought into the freedom of knowing you. But we long for that in Crowborough, in our country. Oh Lord, we, we need you. Oh Lord, we need you for many, many things. Oh Lord, we, we can't control tomorrow. So we pray to you for safety. We pray to you for the help we need, whether it's at school or work or at home, in every day of our lives. Lord, we we are so conscious that we are weak. We're so conscious that there are so many things that are thrown at us to make us value things more than you and to abuse the good things you've given us and to go chasing for pleasure where there is no pleasure really and to turn from you. Oh Lord, we've just been singing about how you're our shepherd and you give us everything we need. Yet the enemy would want us to be turning from your good grass and trying to chase after thorns and thistles. And Father, we're, we're simply stupid. We, we so often place far too much weight on things that don't matter. And even worse than that, we go, we go chasing after things that <coughs> grieve you. So we pray that you'll keep us from temptation. That you'll deliver us from that evil one. And we pray that you'll help Mark. We ask that you'll give him real power from you as he brings your word to us. And we pray you'll give us ears to listen and hearts that want to do what you're saying to us. Amen. So we're going to sing again and then Mark's going to come and speak to us. So when the music starts, let's stand and sing. There is an everlasting kindness that you lavished on us.
Well, good evening and a warm welcome once again. So we're looking at the uh, Beatitudes again uh, this evening. The Beatitudes, as Tony said, part of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preached in, in the Gospel of Matthew. And Beatitudes means blessed, or sometimes it's uh, sort of translated truly happy. It's this kind of idea of being happy. Jesus is describing the sort of people that are truly happy, truly blessed. But what Jesus says is surprising. The sort of people that are happy, the sort of people that are blessed, are not the sort of people that many of us would expect to be there. So we looked at four of the Beatitudes so far. The last couple of weeks, John's taken two per time. If you've missed them, you can catch up with them on our website. Blessed or happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And now we get to the next beatitude. Tonight's beatitude, Matthew 5 verse 7. John did say that I could take the next four if I wanted. Well, I've gone for the next one. Um, partly because I think the next couple after this go quite nicely together, and partly as well because I think actually it would do us good to just stop a little bit and just really sort of dwell on this a little bit tonight, take it a little bit slower, really sort of soak it in and think about it. So that's, that's what we're going to do, God willing. And this is the one that we're focusing on. Blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. It's quite nice sometimes when you get time just to think about one short little sentence. Well, one of the things I do um, right at the start of preparing a message is uh, I sort of, I jot down notes, annotate it a little bit, but I also write down any questions I have. Any questions that might help me sort of understand what it's saying, even if I think I might know the answer. So I'm actually going to get you to do that this evening. I'm not going to get you to shout it out, but in a notepad or on your phone or or in your head if you've got a really good memory, um, I want you to think about what questions might you ask about this. Imagine that you had to go and explain it to someone else. What questions would you ask about this, uh, this beatitude, to help you understand what it's really saying? So I'm actually going to sit down for a couple of minutes. What questions would you ask about this beatitude that if you got the answers, it would help you understand what this beatitude is saying? Okay, so I'll give a couple of minutes.
By the way, if the font is ever a bit small in my presentations, please do tell me and I'll make it bigger. Well, I'm not going to shout out and and, um, get questions from the floor, as it were, but uh, these are some of the questions that I came up with. What does it mean to be merciful? Why do we need mercy? Who will they receive mercy from? And how do we receive this mercy? Does this mean that if we are merciful, God has to show us mercy and therefore let us into heaven? How many times do we have to demonstrate mercy before we can be described as merciful? Well, hopefully it's got us thinking a little bit. And what I want to do tonight is try and answer some of those questions that that I had. And I think many of us will find that this means more than perhaps we originally think. And I suspect we'll also find, if we're listening, that it's super challenging for us. So what does it mean to be merciful? We could say, be full of mercy, or to show mercy, but... What is mercy? What is mercy? I guess many of us, when we're uh, asked that question, immediately think of the whole mercy and grace thing. So, it's the whole thing of mercy being not getting what we do deserve, and grace being getting what we don't deserve. I expect many of you have heard that. So, mercy is not getting the judgment we deserve. So, what is mercy? Part of it is not getting the judgment that we deserve. So if someone is being merciful to someone else, they don't punish them like they could do. There's a a famous story of Napoleon. Some of you would have heard it before. Um, And there's actually two different stories, and I've found both of them in two sources. Um, And I think they're the same story, but just mixed up. But anyway, basically, it's a a woman, and one of them is about her son. Uh, One of them is about her father. But anyway... Both of them are guilty, basically. These males are guilty. And so this woman comes to Napoleon and she falls at Napoleon's feet and she begs for mercy. And Napoleon said, but he doesn't deserve mercy. And the woman said, if he deserved it, it wouldn't be mercy. And Napoleon was so moved by it that he granted mercy. Well, Napoleon's one example, but of course God's a much better example of mercy for us. In Ephesians 2, we see how we're saved from God's judgment, and how is God described? He's described as being rich in mercy. Rich in mercy as he saves us from judgment. In Romans 11.30, Paul says this for the Christians. He says that you who were once disobedient to God have now received Mercy. Being disobedient, but God in his goodness has shown mercy. When Jesus was on the cross, he was next to a very guilty criminal. And yet, what do we see? We see an incredible act of mercy. As even on the cross, Jesus takes away the the eternal punishment that that criminal deserved. The Bible says we are guilty. We deserve God's punishment, and yet if we ask him for forgiveness, if we ask him for mercy, he delights to give it. 
He delights to give us mercy. Some of us were thinking about this in Rooted this morning, actually. Um, God being merciful, it just fitted in really well with this evening. God loves to show mercy to us. If we ask him to forgive us, he doesn't just do it because he has to. He does it because he loves showing mercy. But mercy is bigger and richer than just not giving judgment or punishment where it's deserved. It is that. It is not getting the judgment we deserve, but it's more than that. This week I was uh, just thinking about the blind man in Luke 18. And some of you will remember what he cries out to Jesus as Jesus walks past. He cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And so Jesus says, what would you like me to do for you? And he says, please can you restore my sight? And so Jesus does. There's nothing about forgiveness there, is there? There's nothing about judgment in that story. And yet Jesus has mercy on him. You may remember the, uh, the story of the, the Good Samaritan, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And you've got the priest and the, the Levite, they walk past this beaten, battered man. But the Samaritan, who's expected to walk past, he stops and he takes care of this beaten, broken man. And Jesus asks the question, doesn't he? He says, which of those men proves to be a good neighbour? Who's been the good friend there? And the lawyer, who's started the whole conversation off at the beginning, he says, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. So we see again an an act of mercy. It's not about forgiveness or judgment, but it's an act of mercy. And Jesus says, go and do likewise. See, being merciful or showing mercy in the Bible is more than just about not giving someone judgment or punishment. It's really anything that is um, done to help someone who is suffering or in need or disadvantaged or hurting. I've kind of summed it up a bit like this. It's quite tricky to sum it up exactly, but something along these lines. It's an undeserved act of kindness or compassion towards those in need. An undeserved act of kindness or compassion towards those in need. And of course the greatest example is Jesus' mercy towards us in our need in taking away our sin. It's helping and supporting others when it's costly to yourself. Again we see God is the perfect example of this. In 2 Corinthians 1, do you remember what uh, Paul calls God? He says, God who is the Father of mercies. God is the Father of mercies. In Exodus 34, 6, that famous passage when God reveals himself to Moses, what's the first thing that, that he reveals about himself? The Lord passed before Moses and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious. The NIV says compassionate and gracious. That's the first thing that's declared to Moses. Merciful, compassionate. And of course we see the, the mercy of God being richly displayed in sort of full colour as it were in the life of Jesus. As Jesus comes we see mercy in action. You remember when he freed the demon-possessed man? 
Do you remember what he said? Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Jesus was constantly acting in mercy. He was healing the sick. He was spending time, uh, spending time with the, the outcasts and the morally bankrupt. He was welcoming the children to him when no one else wanted to see the children. He stops a funeral procession and he raises the son from the dead because otherwise the widow would have been alone and he, he felt so much care and love for her. In John 8, he defends and forgives a woman who's caught in adultery. And of course, in, in giving his life, it's the greatest act of mercy the world has ever seen. And through that, he offers forgiveness to all. So what is mercy? Well, not getting the judgment we deserve, but even more than that, an undeserved act of kindness or compassion towards those in need. Well, one of the other questions I had was, can we use this as a hack into heaven? Well, some people can hack into computers or websites, can't they? Uh, there's, there's lots of different ways to do it, not that I know any of them, but... Um, you know, one of the ways is you can sort of connect up a device and it will systematically go through all the numbers or all the possible passwords. Uh, and eventually it kind of forces its way through the, the password. Or another way you can do it is you can kind of bypass, get into the, the code and bypass uh, the passwords. Well, is this kind of a way of sort of bypassing our way into heaven? Because... Hopefully we know, hopefully if you're a regular here, you will know that we cannot get into heaven by our works, by being good enough. It is by grace we are saved, lest any man should boast. We, we can't get into heaven by being good enough, by being a good person. But if we show ourselves to be merciful, and it says they shall receive mercy, does that mean that we can show acts of mercy... And then God's hand is almost forced, as it were, because he's promised this. So he's kind of forced to let us into heaven, because that's what he's promised. Well, we need to remember that the people that are being described by Jesus in the Beatitudes are already in the kingdom of God. These Beatitude people, we might call them, are kingdom people. They're in the kingdom of God already. The, the, the things that are described as um, being in the Beatitudes are not things that we try and do to be good enough for God. Rather, they are characteristics of people that are in God's kingdom. They are people who have been changed by God. This is what people in the kingdom look like. When you look at the Beatitudes, it should describe what people in Jesus' kingdom look like. It's evidence of, of God's work in their lives. You know, when Jesus came to earth, he didn't come sort of looking for beatitude people and finding them and sort of saying, you'll do, you can be with me. No, he came to find people who were greedy and proud and sinful and all these things. And he came to transform them into beatitude people, into people who belong in his kingdom. Titus says he saved us not because of righteous things we've done, but because of his mercy. 
You see, it's his, it's his mercy that enables us to be merciful, truly merciful, in the first place. So his mercy is what enables us to be merciful. We're not naturally merciful people, are we, most of us? We love, uh, and the world around us loves revenge. We love getting even. How many films or books are there that are all about revenge, all about getting even? Now, I'm very thankful that over the past 2,000 years, that Christianity has had a huge impact on the nation that we live in. It really has, more than so many people realise. And so I'm thankful that there is evidence of people around us who do want to be kind, who do want to fight against injustices, who do have compassion. And we praise God for that. But God shows us the standard of mercy that he calls us to. In Luke 6, Jesus tells us that the standard is to love our enemies, to do good to them and to not expect anything in return when we lend to them or give to them. He says, that way we will be like our Heavenly Father, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Our Heavenly Father, for he is kind to the ungrateful and to the evil. That is the standard that we are called to. And the only way that we can be merciful, like him, is to be transformed by his mercy, to be merciful like him. It's the only way we can be truly merciful like this is to be transformed by him to be merciful like him. Well, what will it look like if our lives are merciful? What will it look like if our lives are merciful? Well, our lives will be full of mercy. We'll be givers. We'll be givers. We we won't be the sort of people that stand on the sidelines and just watch as, as life goes on or, or think we're better than other people. There will be people that are so driven by the, the love and the mercy that we've experienced that we can't help but demonstrate that love and that mercy to other people. We'll be those who support and love and help and act on behalf of those who are needy and suffering and the guilty as well. We'll be people who give and forgive, however costly it might be to ourselves. Being merciful means that we will forgive someone who has wronged us because we've been forgiven. Being merciful means that we won't hold a grudge against someone even though we have a right to. It's to see someone in trouble and to get alongside them, even if the reason that they're in that trouble is because of some of their foolish decisions that they've been making. But being merciful, still get alongside and you still help them. 
as some of us thought in Rooted this morning, being merciful is maybe being in a friendship, but suddenly your friend betrays you. And you know lots of secrets about them. But instead of retaliating, instead of just slandering them, you keep quiet because you're being merciful to them. And in fact, they even then slander you. Your name gets tarnished and it is completely false. But instead of standing up for yourself, actually, you, in mercy, you don't fight back. Being merciful is spending time with that person who's really opinionated and quite frankly just a bit hard work to be with. But you do it because you know that they don't really see anyone else in the week. And actually you mean a lot to them. Being merciful is spending time spiritually encouraging someone or maybe if you're more mature, discipling someone. Maybe at a time when your body's telling you actually you'd far rather be in bed asleep. But you're doing it because you're being merciful to them. Being merciful is giving a lift to someone that you know never says thank you and it feels a little bit like they sort of abuse your generosity. But you do it being merciful to them. Being merciful is not immediately jumping on someone when they make a mistake. Because, you know, you could have done it better, you hope things would turn out better, their mistake has actually meant that things haven't gone as well as you hoped they would do. But you don't jump on them. You don't shout at them because you're being merciful. Being merciful is praying that God would bless someone who you just feel actually is out to get you at the minute. But you pray that God would bless them. Uh, Being merciful is to love and forgive like Jesus did. To be like Jesus. And I just want to stop and just think, just for a minute, about your life. I don't know everything about you. I don't know all the different people that you meet during the week. But I want you just to think about the different people in your week... Think about the people in need, those who are struggling, those who are guilty. Maybe think about those who have wronged you. I want you to think about how can you be merciful to them. And maybe there's someone that you're thinking, well I certainly don't want to think about how to be merciful to them. Well maybe that's the exact person that you need to be thinking about how you can be merciful to them. And if you're not a Christian, what I want you to think about is what difference actually would it make to you if God is merciful to you? Because that, that's the first step. If you're not a Christian, the first thing I want you to think about is actually God wants to be merciful to you. But just, just for a few seconds, think about people in your life and think about how can you actually be merciful practically? How can you show mercy to the people around you?
or perhaps that's something that would be good to carry on thinking about afterwards. It might be that actually you can chat with a good Christian friend, challenge each other about how you can show mercy to those around us, to be more like Jesus. We sang, didn't we? Maybe, uh, maybe you're wondering why we sang this just before a, a, a message on mercy. There's an everlasting kindness you, God, lavished on us. And with compassion for the hurting, you reached out your hand. As the lame ran to meet you and the dead breathed again, you saw behind the eyes of sorrow and shared in our tears, heard the sigh of the weary, let the children draw near. What boundless love, what fathomless grace you have shown us, O God of compassion. And then see how it affects us. Each day we live an offering of praise as we show to the world your compassion. To be a voice of hope and healing, to answer the cries of the hungry and helpless with the mercy of Christ. How do we receive mercy? How do we receive mercy? We receive it from God. And I believe there's a sense in which we will receive it more fully, or at least we'll experience it more fully, on the day of judgment. When God declares his mercy for us, towards us. And when we perhaps understand more of the depth of our sin, perhaps more than we can now and we understand more of his mercy. I think there'll be a time then, in some senses we've already received his mercy if we're Christians, but I think there'll be a time then when we sense more of it as we are declared um, righteous, but as we, as we go to be with, with him. So I think, I think that's something to look forward to. But you know, I, I think we can also actually receive mercy now. I don't think we have to wait. I think we can receive God's mercy now. You know, that as, as we have compassion, as we help those in need, those who are struggling, God says, I will give you mercy. I will help you in your needs. I will help you in your struggles. In your anxieties. When you have a bad day or bad days. When you're feeling distressed. I think this is a, a beautiful thing to remember that, that God pours his mercy on us. His, his undeserved love towards us. To people who are in need of it. As we help others, so he will help us. As we forgive others we enjoy more and more of his forgiveness towards us. You know, we never lose out when we give out mercy. We have a, a God who's rich in mercy, who delights to pour his mercy down on us. We might not always feel it straight away. It doesn't mean that we go out and we... we do an act of mercy for someone or display mercy and immediately we sort of wait and wait for God to bless us in some tangible way. It doesn't always work like that. But God does promise that if we are merciful, we will receive mercy. Do you see the cycle in all of this? So God 
grants us mercy, gives us mercy. So it transforms us so we can be merciful. And as we are then merciful, we then receive more of his mercy. But there is a warning. There's a warning. If we are merciful, we shall receive mercy. But what about if we're not merciful? What about if we're not merciful? Well, the, the Pharisees and the religious leaders of, the, of Jesus' day show us what merciful lives didn't look like. They give us a good example of what merciful lives didn't look like. They were convinced that they were going to be among the first to inherit the kingdom of God. That they were merciless, they were proud, they were self-righteous, they were condemning people. In Matthew 9, Jesus says to the Pharisees, he says, Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come to call the right, not, not come to call the righteous, but sinners. You see, they were so good with their sacrifices, but so poor with their mercy. I remember it was the religious leaders that walked on the other side of the road in the story of the Good Samaritan. And just like Jesus says, the merciful will receive mercy, well, so the converse is true, that if you're not merciful, Jesus says, you will not receive mercy. James 2 verse 13 says, For judgment is without mercy, to one who has shown no mercy. At the end of the, the parable of the unmerciful servant that we had read at the beginning of the service, that the servant's thrown into jail until he can pay back everything that he owed. And he owed a vast sum. And he's thrown back into jail. And Jesus says, This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. And in light of God's mercy and kindness towards them, the religious leaders should have been people of mercy. They should have been displaying mercy to the people around them, but they were merciless. They were condemning, they were judgmental. And God warns them and he says, if you judge others, God will judge you. You know, religious people can be very judgmental. And as a church, one of the real dangers that we have as people that come to church is that it can be very easy for us to be judgmental people. For us to be condemning. For us to be merciless. You know, we need to be very careful that we don't condemn the Pharisees while being just like them. To, to think that we're better than those around us. You know, we wouldn't necessarily say this sort of thing aloud, but sort of thing of, well, you've got yourself into that, that mess because the, the decisions you made, yeah, that's why you're suffering like you are. But that's not mercy, is it? Reacting like that. Are you a merciful person? Or are you someone who's quick to judge, quick to condemn, quick to bring down? Well, if that describes you, I'm not going to pray that you'll try harder to, to be more merciful. What I'm going to pray is that God will so fill your heart with his mercy 
that you can't help but pour it out to other people. You'll be so transformed by his love and his forgiveness that you become more and more forgiving to those around you. And that as you do so, you will then experience more and more of the mercy of God as you demonstrate it to other people. Well, I've found it a huge challenge looking at that personally. There's a lot going in there. We need more and more, don't we, of God's mercy in our life. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your mercy. Lord, we thank you that that is the starting point. Lord, that you love to give mercy and you give it freely. And Lord, I pray that we would accept it. And that in your grace you would transform us to be merciful people. And that we would then experience the mercy that then you pour down into our lives. And that that would be such a joy and that we would know that we are blessed. That is when we are truly happy. Lord, forgive us for when we are not merciful. Forgive us when we are nothing like Jesus. Forgive us when we do not show the concern and the love and the forgiveness that we should. Lord, forgive us, I pray. Lord, may we be more like you. May we be a church that is merciful, that people look at and see Jesus. Lord, we pray this in your name. Amen. We're going to sing our final song. Your mercy, my God, is the theme of my song, the joy of my heart, and the boast of my tongue. Let's stand and sing when the music starts.
Lord God, we thank you again for your word. We thank you for another day where we've been able to join together, worship you, listen to you, bless each other. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, I pray that what we've heard and the things we've done today may stick with us as we go into our everyday week. And Lord, I pray that you bring us safely back again next week. In Jesus' name. Amen.